Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Let's talk about investing, right? Let's start off right there. Sebastian, tell us some programs that are available in today's market for our investors to grow their portfolio. So one of the most important things I want people to understand is as a first-time investor, it's accessible to you to get finance. A lot of people typically go with brighter lets. However, we're in a market where there's going to be a lot of opportunities with properties that are going to be going below market value. And I want you all to go out there and start looking at what, how you're going to fund these deals using what's called bridging finance. Now, there's going to be bridging finance available for first-time buyers. A lot of people don't understand it. I'm here today to make sure I'm breaking down to you that there is accessible finance to all of you. It's here, it's available, first-time buyer for first-time landlords, first-time investors. I really need you guys to get your thinking caps on tonight because we're going to drop some gems for you. That's right. All right, so talk to us in detail about this program, right? So what's the minimum credit score that's required for this? So as a buy-to-lend, we've got lenders that are specialist lenders out there that don't care about your credit. Now, you need to be careful because we need to make sure that these lenders understand what your strategy is going to be. So when I say that, it's because no minimum income is required on some of these lenders. So if you're a first-time buyer, first-time landlord, there's going to be accessible finance for you using specialist lenders. We've got high street lenders. And I want you all to realize that this is available to you. All right, all right. So I like that. I like that. So I'll tell you let me ask you a question, right? With these programs, because you're a mortgage broker as well, are you finding it more difficult to get people approved for funding in today's market? Because I've been reading a lot on the news over here that a lot of banks have been pulling out and, and not um, offering these type of products right now. So have you been having a hard time getting people funded? Yeah, I mean, at the moment, right now, as everyone will know, the interest rates are going through the roof. And what that happens is that the stress test, when banks have to stress test what landlords are planning to do, they look at their planning. Because the interest rates are so high, the banks are being a bit funny with them. So before you go forward, let me cut it off. Can you explain what a stress test is? Stress test. So stress test is effectively the bank seeing is this still profitable effectively? So in layman's terms, if your buy to let property is bringing in £1,500, if the mortgage is going to be £1,400, they're a bit funny. All it takes is one little blip, one little void, and all of a sudden we're looking at repossession. So effectively what they do is that they assess it on the front end to ensure that it's stress testing and this can definitely work. But what I always say, MG, you already know, as property investors, we need to be able to adapt. So that might mean using your existing property and reworking it so the cash flow is a bit better. So maybe you've got a house that you're using it and renting out to one family effectively. Maybe you put up a couple studies, make a few rooms, make a few units, as you guys say, effectively. That cash flow is a lot better and can help you beat those interest rates effectively. 
what are their interest rates um, today, right? Because I know today's working day is Monday, Halloween. So what's today's interest rate? So let me break it down. This is what it was like last year. Yeah? So last year, the average two years, they'll be looking about two point something, right? We're looking at September, you might have been looking about 5%. If you're doing a buy to let, you might be looking at 6%. Do you know what? Two weeks ago, because you're buying, because a lot of us want to be tax efficient and buy for a limited company, two weeks ago, I got a quote for 7%. So it's really, really nuts right now. So 7% for a two year fix. For a two year fix, bro. So you guys don't do 30 year fixed mortgages here? No, we don't fix for the whole time. <laughs> we don't okay. fix for the whole time. Some lenders will do 10 years, few of them, I'm trying to say, but mostly we're looking at two year and five year fixed deals. The term of the mortgage can be 25 years, 30 years, but a fix two, five years, in some cases, 10. Okay, so we were talking backstage, doctor, and you were telling me that this will probably lead to a lot of opportunities for real estate investors because of these two-year mortgages. They're gonna be expiring, and obviously rates are going higher right now. So can we talk a little bit about what opportunities that you're seeing in the marketplace today? So one thing I want to make clear is that rather you're in the United States, or here in the UK, one of the major things after COVID is that a lot of people were now stacking. Some of them were not able to, and some of them stopped stacking because they thought, hey, there's a little moment in which we didn't have to pay our mortgage anything, yeah? And so what's happening is those people now have this debt that they didn't realize they never have to pay. So a lot of people are having properties being foreclosed upon right now. So when you're looking at areas that we're seeing being gentrified, and we're seeing areas where the prices are just astronomical, just in the last five to 10 years, you have an opportunity that some of these people who purchase a bit off more they could show than they can chew, they're now in a position to actually lose their property and you can come in and actually save it for them, right? In the sense that you can buy it from them and maybe even keep it in the community. Because one of the things that I've been finding as, an, as a strategy is you go to some of these people and you're like, hey, I want to buy your property. And they're just happy to keep it within a community that they are com they're familiar with, especially if you're maybe from that area or have a relationship with it, especially when we start to talk about gentrification. And so this is a prime time right now, even if you don't have the money by yourself, to pull money together legally the right way, get your contracts, get an attorney. Even if, imagine, some of these attorneys are about 800 pounds. 800 pounds, even someone tells you that price. If you put five or 10 people together and each person puts $10 and or whatever, $100, and they pay for that legal, and then later on you don't have any issues, you, don't, you have the proper setup, right? Proper LLC, proper corporation. And then you pull your money together, one person 10, one person 100, and they have different equity levels in that property. You can put your money together and buy back what you feel is being lost to you. So that's the first thing I would want to say. This is a prime time to do so. Yeah. You mentioned certain areas, right? Yeah. <laughs> so look, we need to know what areas are you investing in right now here in London? Because you was talking some good numbers back there. So, so we, I need you to bring that conversation to the stage. So to give you an example, um, one of my favorite markets right now is Croydon. Anyone knows Croydon? Anyone from Croydon? Love Croydon, yeah? Um, so myself, personally, I'm Mancurian. Any from, anyone from Manchester in here? All right, it's what I like Manchester to hear, yeah? So, um, as a Mancurian, I did live in London for a bit, and now I live in New York, so you're going to hear a little bit of everything, yeah? <laughs> and then I'm a Yardie. So, anyone Jamaican in this room? Yeah? All you're right. done now. We do, yeah? So, what I'm noticing is, having lived in London, I remember there were areas like Brixton, like Peckham. Anyone South End? Do I, I got that in here. Any Kent in here? 
All right, so Kent, you holding, I like Kent, it's a great market. We were just talking about it backstage. Yeah, Kent is a great market to invest in. Croydon's a great market, in my professional opinion. I'm not telling you to run and go get it, but what I will tell you is, if you look at, like Croydon, to give you an example, in the last three to four years, some of the properties have gone up 60%. 60% in four years. Keep that in mind. So even if you're investing in the stock markets and other markets, there are lots of things that are going to average 15 to 20% per year for you. So when you think about that, that in itself is an asset that you can then tap into and borrow against your own property and then buy more property Absolutely. or expand or do something else, right? Do a building instead of a property. So that's one of the, so those are some of the areas that I like yeah. to can, give an example. Can I just touch on something that Jatali said because she dropped a gem, yeah? Listen, co-founding, I mean, co-buying is something that's going to be massive right now. You see the prices fly, wages can't keep, up, can't keep up with house prices. But something I always say that sometimes people always got this image of what good looks like. They think that, yeah, I need to buy property by myself so I can say that this is all mine. But I always say to people that you could be building wealth right now, but you don't want to because you don't want to buy a house for your sister because she snores when she sleeps. But that's really, that's hindering you from doing something great. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So I just feel like we really need to consider co-buying. It happens in a lot, a lot of other asset classes. Pull your money together and buy something great. And a lot of time you can walk away with that added equity effectively. You want to add to that, Sebastian? Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of people, and I'm actually doing a lot of consultations with people who are mum, dad, brother, uncle, and they're, pulling, they're setting up what's called a limited company. When they set up a limited company, all their names are down, and they're able to buy, using their resources, buy investment properties, and go up north up, um, because it's affordable. So the Midlands up north, if you can't afford the areas of down south, start where your pockets can take you. Mm -hmm. If you've got orange juice money, that's where you go to. If you have champagne, then obviously that's what you're going to be using. <laughs> Can I add one more thing? Go ahead, go ahead. Now, this is very key. There are a lot of... We see the underground, right? So there are a lot of people, let's say, from Manchester back in the day. No one wants to really do that drive. And so depending what we had to come over here is what made us decide if we want to go out at night, right? Now, what you're seeing is that there are more underground tube, Long Island Railroad stations. If you're American, you consider it the railroad or the train. So what you need to think about is this. The government has contracts where if within the next five to 10 years, they are building new stations so that other areas that are further out can get into the city quicker. So guess what that means? Right now is the time to buy in those areas. I can't name any particular areas. You gotta do your homework, yeah? <laughs> do your research. But if you do your research, it is plain as day. You go online and you Google it, you do the research, and you'll see there are areas that they're telling you, oh, in the next five years, the next four years, these are the government contracts. We're building a tube here. And guess what? Now, when you buy in that area right now, it might be 100 to 200,000. But by the time in five years that rail is there, and that, that underground is there, guess what? It'll guaranteed go up 5, 10x, 20x within the next five to 10 years. You just need to buy and sit on it sometimes. So are there any websites, like in the US, we can look at the, the planning departments and things of that nature, and we can kind of forecast and see what's happening. Is it the same over here in the UK? Yeah, absolutely. Jatani's cooking right now because she's really, definitely cooking. <laughs> she's, she's cooking because I want to tag along to what she's saying. I always tell people two things here. Try and follow public spending and private spending. So she talks on public spending. Bridges, train stations. You can find out all of these on the council websites. The plans are there. There's sometimes people that you can... website? Say the website The again. council website. So that's like the... What's the council in America? Like, a, like the... 
region, the government, yeah, government con Congress. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, like the council's website, you don't know what I'm talking about anyway. Yeah, yeah, and you we go got you, we and, got you. And, and, and they'll tell you what they're planning basically, and all of it is there. There's actually some people that have um, property data, and you can actually buy their data, and their information is a bit more in depth. The next thing is private spending. I always say that if you're a beginner, try and look at where big house builders are buying basically. Do you know why? They're doing a 250 million pound development. How much do you think they spent on research? More than I can spend, right? Do you get what I'm trying to say? Start off by looking at their brochure. When they tell you, if you want to learn about an area, get a brochure for a new build in the area. All the information is there. You open it, they'll say, six minute walk to this station. And this is coming out of this company because they want to sell it as well. So if you want to know about the area, that is a pool of information for you. So that's a little gem for some people. That was a big gem. <laughs> big gem, big gem, big gem. Can we gem. add a gem for the Americans in the room? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't, don't speed yet. Hold on. <laughs> We're going to get there. Okay. We're going to get there. Since you're talking about buildings, um, Seb, let's talk about how do you fund a construction deal out here? How does that look? What's that process like? We use what's called development finance. So development finance and bridging finance. So if you find a land, if you find a property that you're going to add value to, these lenders will give you the money to carry out the works. So what I'm saying is you put your deposit money in and then they then give you the money to carry out the works, to carry out the development. So if you're going to add value, kitchen, bathroom, extension, converting it from a one bed to a two bed, these are the ways that you add value. These lenders will say, look, it's, it's going to be worth 200,000 when you finish. We'll give you the money to do the works to it. What's the minimum credit score, and will they give you 100% of the rehab costs? There's no credit score There's no when it credit comes score. to these type of financing. Okay. They're, they're assessing it on the property. It's not about you as an individual. It's about the property. Does the, let me break it down. Does the numbers stack up? That's what they're looking at. If the figures stack up, they'll give you the finance to it. And they give you 100% of the, the repair costs? The build costs, they'll give you 100% finance for how, that. How much down. of a deposit do you need to put down? down 25%. 25%. Lovely. I love that. Now, <laughs> that was a gem. <laughs> Let's switch to, you want to talk about the Americans, right? But I want to ask these gentlemen a question first, and then you can piggyback. Let's talk foreign national loans, right? We have a lot of people from the States here, and Jitali's dropping all these gems. We want to invest here in UK as well. So how can we, as Americans, get approved for financing? And both of you can kind of chime in on this. Go ahead, go ahead. Go. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So basically, I work with a lot of foreign nationals myself. Now, um, the one thing that they'll do is that a lot of the time they might charge you a bit more stamp duty. What's the stamp duty? So stamp duty is a tax. It's a land tax that you pay when you buy a property, effectively. So, What's um, the percentage? 
it varies. The scale was ridiculous. Everyone knows what I'm talking about, but uh, it depends on the price that you're at. Now, what happens is that investors pay a surcharge when you're going to buy an investment property. So investors like us here, we pay a 3% surcharge when we buy. Now, some foreign nationals may have to pay additional stamp duty as well. The second thing is it's just the normal um, identification of a foreign national as well. Sometimes it depends on the country that you're from. With the US, they'll be um, quite um, fine with it. I, I work with a lot of... Um, High, a lot of clients from high-risk countries on a KYC basis, effectively. So sometimes they can be a, funny, a bit funny with that. But it is definitely possible for foreign nationals to buy in the UK. I mean, a lot of, you already know, in London, people from Singapore, Malaysia, um, Dubai, they all put, they use property in the UK as their bank accounts, effectively. So that's how much, um, how many foreign nationals do invest in the UK. Sam, you want to add to that? If you're, at the moment, it's Black Friday with a pound. Yeah, we've all seen that the pound is said it's Black Friday with a pound? <laughs> so it's a great time to be investing in the UK. So you need to start looking at, looking at doing it. If you are looking at doing it, setting up a limited company, it's, it puts that property in a wrapper. Lenders like that. So rather than putting in your personal name, you're putting it into a limited company. Gems. Jitali. Let's... <laughs> Shout out to Taylor. I hear her. <laughs> so, um... She threw me off right there. So let's talk about we internationally, we, we foreign nationals, we invest in here. You're in the States. You do a lot of Airbnbs here in London. Can you tell us how that process works over here in London? So I'm not a big Airbnb fan right now, but I don't think it's bad for everybody, right? Um, so why? I'm tell more us why. into, we're leading into a recession. So when we talk about recessions, um, when we look at something like COVID, there was a point in time where people weren't able to travel and certain people weren't traveling as much. So but depending where your property is, you might not want the insecurity of something that might not be stable money. But one of the good things that I've found in the UK market is there are a lot of tenants who are willing to pay their rent a year in advance, sometimes two years in advance to lock in a prime location. So I'm more interested in investing in areas that are like near hospitals and near, you know, beyond hospitals, also near military bases, right? So what happens is those people, in my experience, tend to pay their bill on time, right? The nurses, everyone pays their bill on time. And so now you have a tenant, even if it's rotation, and this happens in the United States as well, even if it's in rotation and they're here for three to four months and they're going to another hospital, the bright side is now you have someone who's not gonna damage your property, someone that you can still come in, just like Airbnb, one of my favorite things about the Airbnb market, which I realized it wasn't about Airbnb, it was the fact you could still go into the property and actually assess the damage in the property and make sure that you, know, you have to come in cleaning crews. But you can do that yourself because one of your business streams can be being your own cleaning company for your properties. And then you can add that into your clause where once a quarter you have to go into the property to clean it, which means you now ensure that the tenant is going to maintain the property. So to give you an example, that's how I would look at that market. But if you do Airbnb, once again, it is a good way to do it. Just keep in mind, maybe being mindful of what location you're in, because when things, when the going gets tough, is that tenant gonna pay you? So don't be reliant upon a tenant paying you. You should always have a cushion. That's right. I'm actually encouraging Airbnb for a lot of my clients. What we've been doing 10 years ago isn't gonna work in today's market. With the interest rate going up, the cost of living, gas and electric, we need a, re, a, a new model. To a new strategy to start thinking about. So I encourage a lot of my clients to say, look, what we were doing before is not going to work now. You need to look at holiday, let's say, call it. So Airbnb, lenders, of, the lenders like it. 
a lot of lenders are now encouraging buyers to say, look, we do holiday let, uh, mortgages. So it's really. So in the States, we don't have too many lenders out there that will look at the Airbnb and use that as viable income. They're going to look at the long-term rental. So you guys have lenders here that will look at that daily market rate and use that to qualify them. Yeah, they look at a low, medium, a high season. And there's some lenders that have now come out and saying that they'll base it on a monthly basis. So as long as you're bringing in, as Taylor mentioned earlier, with the stress testing, as long as it brings in a certain amount, they'll be happy to give you an Airbnb um, service mortgage. One, right. one thing I'll say is that Investors always got to look at what's happening as well. So I'm very big on at the moment, love Airbnb, but I'm very big on HMOs at the moment. So in America, you guys call it multi-lets, the units. Reason being is that we're seeing a shift. Everyone's hearing cost of living crisis, interest rates going up. A lot of renters are going to decide that, you know what? The studio is a luxury for me right now. So what they're going to do, they're going to, it's not really a downgrade, but you can call it a downgrade. It's going to be a bit cheaper for them. They're going to go and rent a room. Instead of having a 1,500 studio, they're going to think, you know what? Let me get this room for 900 pounds and the landlord is going to pay all of the bills. So now all of a sudden this energy crisis and stuff doesn't affect me. And that's where a lot of, what that's going to bring is a lot of competition for these rooms, for landlords. So instead of charging that 900, maybe they might be able to charge 1,000, 1,100 now, effectively. But it is still a good situation for both parties in that the tenants aren't going to have to pay the bills. The landlord's going to cover that, but the landlord's got significant demand. So I'm very big on HMOs at the moment. Go ahead, you want to add to Either that? way, one of the main things I want people to understand, start looking at your strategy. Yeah. You have to start looking at how is your money going to work harder for you. Your money's going to be your employees. These assets are your employees. You need to make sure you sit down with a broker and have a medium, short, and a long-term plan. It's a roadmap. So let's give our audience three tips. How to get approved for funding the easiest way with less headaches from the banks. Taylor, let's start with you. Um, if I was to give one tip, I'll say have clean bank statements. If you do Betfred and you're betting on Australian women's football at 4 a.m. <laughs> at night, don't give them that. Have a clean <laughs> bank statement. Salary, bills, regularly being paid. No OnlyFans? None of that. You want to you look like a, you know, I don't want to say that it's going to get me in trouble. But you want to look sensible, <laughs> do you know what I mean? So give this them is, that bank statement. This is statement. PG, brother. This PG. is PG. Give them the sensible bank statement and hopefully all is well. <laughs> Start the planning process as early as possible. So if you have got the idea, pool in your resources and planning. That's really important. A lot of people dive straight into getting, they go and view a property, they go and offer on it. They haven't sorted out their finance first. Organize your plan process, what your strategy is going to be. Sit down with a, a broker and someone that can really map it out for you. It'll make the process so much more easier. Love it, love it. Go ahead. And to add to that, please make sure that you have some of the months saved and banked up. Don't think because you have the down deposit, the down payment, that you're sorted because you're not. Because trust when I tell you when you buy something, I don't care if it's a building, or, you know, a flat, whatever it is, before you blink, there will be something that is broken, that you need to be maintained. You're, something's going to happen. And so when that something happens, rather you lose your job, whatever it is, you need to be able to have a few months stacked up so you can't rely on a tenant. You can't rely on Airbnb. You can't rely on anything to, put say, to protect your asset and whatever you're purchasing and investing. Don't be house rich and cash poor. Facts. Basically. All right, so we, we got to wrap this up, but I, I can't let you go without talking about Africa. Let's talk about the motherland real quick. Let's talk about Ghana. What is the investment opportunity in today's market in Nigeria, too? Shout out to right, anyone, anyone West African in the room? Oh. Oh, shout out to y'all. Y'all okay, in the building. Okay, okay. So on one side, I'm Cape Verdean, which is West, Indi West African. 
Um, so if anybody doesn't know, Cape Verde is near Senegal, and I do a lot of investing in Ghana. And people would be like, why are you Cape Verdean? Why did you choose Ghana? Because so many things in the infrastructure, for me, allured me and pulled me in, such as one of the issues that you're seeing around Africa, not just in West Africa, and around the world will sometimes be deeds that are being sold to multiple people. But what Ghana, in essence, has done in their country is set it up in a way that they have more structures in place so you can protect your assets before you buy a property and find out like 20 people own that same acre of land. So that's one of the positives. This is an issue that is around Africa. Um, safety level wise as well, Ghana is, a, is right now is a place that we're seeing that the crime levels are some of the lowest in West Africa and in, in the world. Safety. And then outside of that, imagine you can build in Ghana, right, or in certain parts of Africa for cheaper than you would build out here in the UK or in the United States, but then your, your return is higher. To give you an example, the equivalent of what you would get, like say in New York City, Manhattan, that would cost you, let's say, uh, the tenant would be paying 2,000 a month. There are properties for that same price of what you would have rehabbed it for that would go for 4,000, 5,000 US in Ghana. 4,500 pounds in Ghana. So you're looking at properties that people don't realize there's a certain level of wealth that is there. I'm not saying the whole country is like that, but when you look at Accra, which is one of the major cities, when you look like at Aburi, which a lot of people, even today, I had like five Ghanaians tell me, uh, are you investing in Aburi? I'm like, yeah, of course, we know about it. It's like the Beverly Hills of Ghana. And I'm just using that as an example, but you know, South Africa, Kenya, I heard someone say Nigeria. I would say with Nigeria, definitely make sure you have someone truly vetted, someone truly trusted to invest in that market with you. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying, no, no, no. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm, I'm a bit scared you're going to no, ask no, no. me about Nigeria. <laughs> no. To be clear, yeah, to be clear, a lot of my cousins are Nigerian and I've been going to Nigeria since I was nine, right? My son's name, I won't say it right now, but it is a Nigerian name. Would you buy a property um, there? Come again. Would you buy a property in Nigeria? I would own land. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. So I would own land in Nigeria, but I wouldn't develop there yet. And the only reason is because for me, if... Even my cousins who are Nigerian, who are coming from very prominent families, are being told by their family members, hey, make sure you come with security and we pick you up from the airport. It just doesn't give me that feeling of like, you know? Then I go to Ghana and I'm like, by myself, I'm just hopping off the plane. And it's just a different vibe, right? And I, I feel just more comfortable right now. But I feel like with elections coming in Nigeria, my fingers are crossed that we, I don't know, somebody evil. I don't know, we need a change. I don't know, we need a change in Nigeria. And so with that said, hopefully not to get political, things get better there, but I would buy the land and maybe I would buy something for the future, but not for right now. Not something I would want to maintain hands on. Land bank it basically, buy and hold. La buy and hold. And I think that we should be doing that around the world because I will say this, Nigeria, Ghana, Kenya, Uganda, we have a soil crisis in this world. Around America, in, a, in the UK, we have a, in the world, we have a soil crisis. There aren't a lot of countries that are yielding actual rich nutrient-based food, which means countries that have real soil. And countries like Ghana, where Switzerland and all these countries were buying Ghanaian cocoa and then calling it Swiss chocolate, right? When you hear that, this is why you buy in those countries and you hold, even if you're not ready to live there. And so when we look at Nigeria, there's a lot of precious minerals and oil and things like that in the country that is money. It's money, you know what I mean? 
there's so many, so much richness in the country. So maybe buy it and, you know, we just wait and see when we can actually be more aggressive in the market. Gems, y'all, gems, 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 gems. All right, we got 50 seconds left before we got to wrap this first panel up. Seb, please tell them how to find you. Everybody tell them how to find you real quick. New Property Finance on Instagram. So hit me up, add, um, add me, and I'll obviously I'll do a lot of content, a lot of values on there, so you can obviously see what's going on in the market and what you guys can do in order to maneuver around it and make sure you keep winning. Love it. Doctor? So Twitter and Instagram, at Jatali Bellington. There are scammers out there. Don't get got. I don't ask for no money on any pages. You know, if you don't see me on a Zoom... I'm not asking you for the money. That's all I'm saying. Um, and it's J-A-T-A-L-I-B-E-L-L-A-N-T-O-N. Or find me on it, EYL page. Facts. Uh, mine's uh, Bricks With Tips. As you can see up there, Bricks With A Z, Tips With A Z. Digital platform that I run with my wife. We run LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, all of it. And our aim is to bridge the gap, the wealth gap using education. So make sure you follow us up. Get them gems on a regular basis. You're cooking, brother. You're cooking. Come on, Let's man. give them a round of applause, ladies and gentlemen. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said. Done.